Good morning, Central Park Baptist Church. Good morning to you all. How are we doing this morning? We're doing great? Amen and amen. If you're able to rise, we would love for you to join us in our opening hymn for this morning. I will sing of the mercies of the Lord, hymn 614, hymn 614. I will sing of the mercies of the Lord, and then we'll have an opening prayer. I will sing of the mercies of the Lord, hymn 617, 614, excuse me. Of the mercies of the Lord forever I will sing, I will sing, I will sing of the mercies of the Lord forever I will sing of the mercies of the Lord. With my mouth, with my mouth will I make known thy faithfulness, thy faithfulness. With my mouth will I make known. Dear Father, Lord, we just um, ask that you just put your presence here, Lord. Be with uh, our missions conference, Lord. Be with our missionaries that are, are so willingly to go out there and just um, tithe their time, Lord. Um, be with uh, our people, Lord, and be with them that they um, uh, be with the giving, Lord, and the missions giving. Uh, Father, we just ask that you be with the message today, Lord. We just love you, Lord, and Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen and amen. And because of the mercies of the Lord. We can bless his holy name, amen, hymn number seven, hymn number seven, towards the front of your hymnal, hymn number seven, blessed be the name, blessed be the name, we'll do all verses, blessed be the name, blessed be the name, hymn number seven, blessed be the name of the Lord, sing along, all praise to him who reigns Blessed be the name, blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name, blessed be the name, blessed be the name of the Lord. His name above all names shall stand, exalted more and more. At God the Father's own right hand, where angels Redeemer, say your friend of man was wrong. 
the name that's above every other name. Amen. Let's all stand, if you would, please. Turn to hymn number 419. And let's sing, We're Marching to Zion. Hymn number 419. Amen and amen. Hymn 419, We're Marching to Zion. We'll do all verses. Come we that love the Lord and let our joys be known. Join in a song with sweet accord. Join in a song with sweet accord. And thus surround the throne and thus surround the throne. We're marching to Zion. Beautiful, beautiful Zion. We're marching upward to Park Baptist Church, we're glad you're here today. You may be seated. We're awful glad to have our visitors here with us today. If you're a first-time visitor and you've never been to Central Park Baptist Church, if you'll slip your hand up, our ushers are going to come right now, and they're going to give out a visitor card. We're going to ask you to fill out that visitor card. Then at the end of the service, I'll be out in the foyer underneath the sign that says welcome. There's a desk up there. And if you'll come and give me your visitor card, I will give you a gift bag for your uh, coming today. We're awful glad that you're here, and thank you for coming. If you did not receive a mission uh, uh, card for this year's missions conference, if you lift up your hand, our ushers will get you one right now. Amen. Anybody need one, just slip your hand up. Our ushers will get them to you. Hold your hand mm -hmm. up just for a moment longer, and they'll get that for you. And uh, they'll. Uh, we're, at the end of the service, we'll explain what we're going to do with those. Amen. But if you didn't get one, please uh, uh, get one, and we'll take care of it. All right. Thank you for being here, and welcome to Central Park Baptist Church.
<laughs> I guess we'll take up an offering. I know it's. I was waiting for them to sing. It's not my. It's my turn. Kids, y'all will go ahead and dismissed. All right, y'all may go. And uh, at this time, now remember, this is not the time for our faith promise missions yet. This is just for our, this is just for our offerings today, and we'll turn these in at the end of the worship service. All right. So let's have a word of prayer for our offering this morning. Lord, we thank you, God, for the day. Thank you for your goodness. Pray, Lord, to bless the offering this morning. Again, we pray, God, for our faith promise today, that, God, that your hand will be upon us, that we'll listen to you, dear Holy Spirit, and do what you'd have us to do. Bless the offering. Bless the gift and the giver. In Jesus' name, amen. If you have an offering, you please come. We would love for you to join us in singing hymn 601, hymn 601, leaning on the everlasting arms at the conclusion of this hymn. Please greet each other as we prepare for our morning special. Hymn 601, leaning on the everlasting arms. Sing along. Oh, what a fellowship, what a joy divine, leaning on the everlasting arms. What a blessedness, what a peace is mine, leaning on the everlasting arm. I'm leaning, leaning, safe and secure from all of them. Leaning, leaning, leaning on the everlasting arm. Oh, how sweet to walk in this pilgrim way, leaning on the everlasting arm. Oh, how bright the path grows from day to day, leaning on the everlasting arm. I'm leaning, leaning, safe and secure from all alone. I'm Peace with my Lord so near, leaning on the everlasting. 
each other at this time. starts with just one voice that takes a stand that makes a choice to live for God and not hesitate to tell the world about amazing grace one day that sea somehow breaks through where there was one there now stands two and soon another takes his hand a ray of hope that spreads across the land across the mountains across the sea soon others join in harmony
So sorry. Almost ran someone off the stage. That would have been a bad start. <laughs> Amen. Uh, my name is Zach Doty, uh, church planner to the DFW area, church planner revitalizer. And uh, before uh, we show the video in here a second, I, I want to say it's been an amazing time already. Amen. I mean, watching the, the singing, I love little kids singing. Amen. It pumps me up. I love the little giggles. I love the little pitter-patter of feet. Uh, I, I just I love that. That stuff just pumps me up a little bit. Uh, but my name is Zach Doty, and as, as uh, they're bringing this down to see the video, uh, my, my wife and kids, I do have three kids. You're fixing to see some pictures of them here in a second. Uh, loved them, loved them dearly, dearly, but uh, there's a sickness going around in my house, uh, hands, feet, mouth disease. I don't even really know what that means, uh, but they're not feeling well, so they couldn't make it this morning. And so uh, you have to you get to see this, just, just this. They're the ones that make me look good. You know, they're, they're the good-looking ones. I'm just this guy. Uh, so, but if we can, let's go ahead and show the video, and then I'll talk about the ministry afterwards. If it's... Get you ready.
So that, yeah, that's our video. So just a few, just to kind of dive into a little more. So we started in 2021. Uh, our first work, we actually partnered with uh, Gospel Light Baptist Church in Roanoke, Texas, Brother Doug Ellis. Uh, he was a church planner, started the church about four, well, 15 years ago now, at that time, 13 to 14 years ago. Uh, and COVID hit them really hard. They were running about 40 to 50 before COVID. After COVID, they were running 10. Uh, so we, uh, all, all those families you just saw, were, uh, we went alongside them for about eight months and just loved on them. And, and he was a church planner, 14 years, never had a vacation. Uh, which is crazy to me. Uh, but honestly, we did, we, we did most of the preaching, teaching. Uh, he only preached Sunday mornings. We did all the other services, uh, led singing, um, outreach, started a youth group. They have a youth pastor now, uh, and they're doing really well. It's, 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 it's amazing uh, to see what God did there. And then after that, we actually partnered with Santa Fe Baptist Church, uh, brother or pastor Tony Thomas. Um, he had a young man named Heath Van Zant called to plant a church. Uh, I know y'all might have probably met him, and uh, he's in Rome, Texas, so we partnered with them and went alongside them. We were there for a year and four months. Uh, again, did a lot of the teaching and preaching, outreach. Uh, I, I, would, I would usually go out on Fridays and met with some different business owners and stuff like that, uh, doing, uh, just kind of meeting people in the community. Uh, also met with the city secretary, found out that a chaplain was available. Brother Heath is now the chaplain. Uh, which has opened some opportunities for witnessing and, and just being there for the community. In fact, uh, he, he texted me the other day, we still talk quite a bit, he, uh, he, they gave him a badge that says chaplain. Like, hey, man, that's awesome. And uh, he said, basically, when, when the city or the police or the fire department think of a church, they think of Antioch Baptist Church. Amen. Uh, so it is plugged into the community, and that's exactly what I think uh, a church should do. And uh, so they're doing well. They actually just organized last Sunday. Um, so they're an autonomous church now and doing great. Uh, so over the past summer, they actually were able to acquire a building. We helped with the first remodel. Uh, I am by no means a contractor. Uh, in fact, I'm a nerd. I work on computers for a living. Uh, you know, just to be real with you. Uh, but anyways, but we knew how to do a little some sheet rocking and building and, and stuff like that. So we get in there and, and do what we can and Hopefully there's somebody there smarter than me that can point and I just I swing a hammer. Uh, so anyways, but they, they, God opened the, and it was an amazing, amazing thing. God opened the, the door and they, they were able to purchase a building. They went from about 2,400 square feet to 10,000 square feet. Amen. And uh, he actually called me and was asking if I could commit one day a week over the summer to, to come out and help uh, remodel that. And so we were, we were there and able to do that a few times. I actually put in a uh, a drop ceiling. First time I ever did that, that was, it actually had a pitch to it. And, you know, that doesn't look too high until you get up there. Right. And then, it, you know, and then you're on that scissor lift and boy, it's going and uh, good Lord, help me. And so, but it, it was, it was great. Uh, currently we're actually, we're, we're working with Worth Baptist Church, been meeting with Brother Gillett since about last November. Uh, and uh, he feels that we should, uh, Benbrook is the area to plant a church. So I've been working with a realtor out of, out of Worth since about May or June, and, and really there's, there's not a lot of locations to rent in Benbrook. Um, so uh, we just had a meeting the other day. We're actually possibly looking at expanding kind of the, the area there. Still Benbrook area, but not doesn't have to be in Benbrook proper per se. Uh, this past couple weeks, I've actually been reaching out. I had another meeting with him at the fellowship meeting a couple weeks back. Uh, I'm like, brother, you know, what do you think about us looking into schools or hotels or, you know, just get, get the ball rolling while we're still looking for locations? And, and he was good with that. So I've been reaching out. Fort Worth ISD is actually over Benbrook ISD. 
uh, which I did not know that, but it is. And so uh, starting to fill out the paperwork and, and, and working towards that. So uh, if you would pray for us that God will open up a, a location or at least one of the schools will open up to us where we can start meeting and, and getting that, that ball rolling. Because right now that's, that's kind of that's where, where we're at there. Uh, and then I've also, Brother Sharon was here Wednesday, I believe. I've been going out to the South Dallas uh, church plant that he has going on. And uh, pray for that work. That is, that is something I've never really been a part of, to be honest with you. It's, a, it's an apartment complex. It's kind of down and out. Uh, homeless people, ex-drug addicts, stuff like that. And, um, but they need Jesus. Right. I mean, they, they just need to be loved on. They need to be... But it, it is interesting. So, you know, Brother, Brother Paul's been preaching through... Uh, Brother Sharon's been preaching through Romans. And we had some, some ladies there. She's probably in her 60s. Raise her hand. You know, want, want to know more. My wife dealt with her, and uh, the lady didn't know how to read, and she was in her 60s. And, you know, that's something I've never dealt with. So if you would pray for us through that, and we're praying for a man to take that work, uh, but it, it, it's, it's a great need. By the way, Dallas, Dallas is, they don't have a lot of churches in Dallas, especially Dallas proper. Um, there really is no churches of like us, so um, pray, pray for us there. Um, and then again, for the Dodies, I mean, I still have a job. Um, again, I'm a nerd, work on computers or tell people what to do with computers, really. And uh, so, uh, but it's good. Our, our major um, cost really is gas, uh, to be honest with you. I, we live in Gainesville. Uh, so the South Dallas church plant's about an hour and a half from me, hour and 20 minutes, depending on, definitely depending on traffic. It could be. In fact, I, I went and knocked doors one day and it took me like two and a half hours to get home. It was crazy. Uh, so, but Benbrook is a little over an hour for me. Rome was about a 50 minute drive for me. Um, and, uh, so every weekend, especially when we're in a church plant, you know, we're driving three, 400 miles every weekend and, uh, and, and that's not cheap. So, um, just pray for us and, and, and if you would, and, and we, we need more churches. Amen. We need more churches that stand on the word of God and it's all about exalting Christ. So just kind of getting the message this morning. If you would turn to Romans 16. And if you do have any questions, I'll, I'll be around. I'm, I'm, I heard there was food, so I will be around. And uh, I love eating, amen. And so I would love to talk to you about it. Ooh, yeah, if you would love, if you'd stand in the reading of God's word. Romans 16, we're just going to read a, a few verses this morning. Let you get there. Romans 16, the very end of that chapter, 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 verses 25 through 27. Romans 16, 25 through 27. God says this. Now to him that is of power to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery which was kept secret since the world began. But now is made manifest, and by the scriptures of the prophets, according to the commandment of the everlasting God, made known to all nations for the obedience of faith. To God only wise be glory through Jesus Christ forever. Amen. This morning I want to preach to you, be established. My ministry is, is planting churches and revitalizing churches, and I think Paul lays out right here basically the basics of what a church should be established on. That's what I want to talk to you about this morning. It's just, just the idea of being established. Let's, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord God, I, we just thank you so much for who you are and what you've done for us. Lord, you're, 
You're just amazing, God. We deserve nothing. We don't deserve your mercy. We don't deserve your grace, and yet you bestow it upon us freely, and I thank you for that. Lord, for the next few minutes, I pray that you, you help me. I pray that you give me the words to say and how to say them. Lord, I pray that you use my facial expressions, my body movements, whatever it takes. Lord, I pray that I'm just an open vessel for you. Lord, help me hide behind the cross and just show forth your son. Lord, I cannot do this, but you can. God, I pray for those here this morning. I pray that they are attentive and that your spirit teaches them what you'd have for them. Lord, that we leave this place and preach your son to this dark world. Lord, be with us. We love you and praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. So be established. As I was praying about this message and, and, and uh, you know, about stay the course, by the way, the way to stay the course is to be established also. I'm not really preaching that, stay the course, but it's true nonetheless. Uh, but be established. As our ministry goes, I mean, DFW is an interesting area. Um, by the way, some stats that weren't in the video, DFW, uh, from the population of DFW, it's actually greater than all states, but, a, but, but 12 technically, but one of them is Texas, so that's kind of a no-brainer. So DFW population is bigger than all states, but 11. It's amazing to me. I was just in Ohio this past week at a missions conference. All of Ohio, the whole population of Ohio is less than DFW. It's an amazing, amazing thing. People are just, they're coming here by the droves. Uh, Rome, Texas, you know, the, with Brother Heath Van Zandt, I mentioned. Uh, Rome, Texas is, uh, is about 2,000 people right now. It's actually grown a little bit. Uh, but what they're saying is by 2030, it's going to be about thirty to 40,000 people. They're putting up tons of houses. It's, I, I was there uh, last, let's see, 2021 to, what year is it? 2023? 2022. Whatever year it was, I don't even know. Uh, but they've built, I think it's like 5,000 houses just in, in a couple of months, really. I mean, it's, or it seems that way. They're, they're just going up like crazy. And all that's in our backyard. I mean, it's in our backyard. Uh, it's just an amazing, amazing thing. Some more stats, actually. Uh, for This was pre-COVID. For every one church started, two churches closed. Uh, it's just an amazing uh, here's another stat that's an uh, amazing stat, is the population of America. If you took just the unsaved population of America, it's, it's around eight to nine, the eighth or ninth largest country in the world. If you just made a country of the unsaved, and there's, I don't remember how many countries, 274 countries, I believe it is, something like that, and it would be the top 10. It's amazing statistics. America itself is a mission field, and we are failing. We are failing our country, and, uh, but we need to be established. We need more churches. I think it's obvious that we need more churches. We need more churches in DFW area. We need more churches in Texas. We need more churches in America, but we need more churches in the entire world. See, foreign missionaries, you're sending foreign, like brother, brother Tyler Yates. I graduated with him. He's great. Love that guy. He is going to the Yucatan to what? To plant churches. That's what foreign missionaries do. They plant churches just like I do here in America. We need more churches. Now, as I was studying for this message, I came across this quote from Barna in December of 2007. It says this. 
As young adults, teenagers, and adolescents have become accustomed to radical individualism, they have introduced such thinking and behavior into the faith realm as well. Faith is an acceptable attribute and pursuit among most young people. However, their notions of faith do not align with conventional religious perspectives or behavior. For instance, young people are still likely to claim the label Christian, but the definition of that term has been broadened beyond traditional parameters. Traditional being biblical parameters. In fact, the values that young people are prone to embrace are often consistent with Christian beliefs, but are not based on biblical foundations. For instance, while young Americans have adopted values such as goodness, kindness, and tolerance, they remain skeptical of the Bible, church traditions, and rules or behaviors based upon religious teaching. That was some 15 years ago they said that. I would dare say that we're worse today. In fact, I know we're worse today. I mean, you can look at stats all day long, and, and just our country is a decline of biblical values. Judeo-Christian ethics, some would say. It's a decline. From a 2017 study by Pew Research, shows that 31.2% in the world are Christians. Which is it's interesting. In 2019, Pew Research did a study, and here's the data. 65% of Americans said they were Christian, down 12% over last decade. This is 2019, okay? Atheist, atheist agnostic, or nothing in particular, uh, is 26% of Americans, which is up from 17% in 2009. So if you look at, if you look at charts, it's, it's, a, it's a decline of Christians and an incline of agnostics, atheists, or nothing in particular. And man, there's, there's just tons. I, again, I'm, I'm a nerd. I love looking at numbers. I love looking at stats. And if you, if you just look at that, it, they're, they're amazing to look at. And to me, they are convicting. They are super convicting. Because what am I doing to help prevent that? Am I preaching Christ as I should be to not let that happen, basically? See, Christians of today are surface-based. And I'm, and I'm not talking specifically this church, okay? I'm just, in general, Christians are surface-based. Uh, and by that, I mean, we, we don't know the whys of what we believe anymore. I mean, uh, church members can parrot their pastor all day long, but that only gets you so far. I love, I, I love when he mentioned about the youth. It's so true. We have youth. I, I, I was a youth pastor for two or three years. And, man, we have so many youth. By the way, look at statistics of how many youth drop out of church when they turn 18 or 19. It are huge numbers. And that's because they don't know the whys of what they believe. Hey, they can say Jesus Christ was born of a virgin, but why was he born of a virgin? See, we need to know the whys to what we believe because when we go off to these liberal colleges and we send our kids off or whatever out into the world, they can stand on a foundation and not be wavering to and fro. Man, we need to preach Christ and give the why. We need discipleship. Over the last, there's some more studies. If you look, read into the last 80 years or so, we have failed as a country in a discipleship program. That's where we don't teach the wise. We need to get back to teaching the wise. We need to disciple. We need Christians. By the way, we need Christians that don't just say I'm a Christian, but live it. Being a Christian is a verb, by the way. That's what James is talking about. 
I mean, we don't, you know, we need to live it. And, uh, man, we need more churches. We need, I, I love this church, by the way. The, honestly, the last, the last two hours I've been, or however long it started, has been great. I love the testimony, brother. Man, hey, Paul gave his testimony. It's an amazing thing. If you're giving your testimony for the glory of God, man, pr- preach it. I love it. That's so good. But, again, I, wanted, I just want to preach to you be established. Just context, Romans is a great book by Paul that was written to the church of Rome around 56 to 58 D. A.D., uh, and it's full of doctrine. I mean, it is a doctrine-filled book. Brother Tony Roa has the opportunity to, to teach Romans. I'm a little jealous because uh, it's so good. Harold Wilmington said this, Romans is the most complete summary of Christian doctrine. If all the Bible were lost except Romans, scarcely any fundam- fundamental doctrine would be lacking. I mean, it's all there. People have referred to it as the Magna Carta of Christianity, the Christian Manifesto, the Bible in miniature, the Declaration of Independence, Constitution, and Bill of Rights of the Christian Faith. It's an amazing book. Romans 16, which we're in, is, is Paul's closing greetings. But even his closing greetings are full of goodness. I mean, so good. By the way, go look at Romans 16. Uh, what we should be doing for Christ should be team-based. That's, that's part of our ministry, too, is we partner with churches to, to come. If you look throughout the whole, you know, uh, in fact, he mentioned Luke 10, I think he said, you know, sending out 70 two by two. You know, it was always Paul and Barnabas, Paul and John, Paul and John Mark later on, Barnabas and John Mark. Luke was there. I mean, just Silas. There's all sorts of stuff you can talk about there. But it's always a team base. We're, we're never to be alone in the sense of our faith. Yeah. But even if we are, we should be preaching Christ. Amen. Yeah. So, anyways, Paul lists 33 people by name and also a few groups of people that helped him do what uh, we know Paul did. Paul couldn't have done what he did, by the way. He, he couldn't have been the man we know if he didn't have that help. I mean, we, we always put Paul on this huge pedestal, and, and I mean, rightfully so. I'm not, I'm not knocking him, but there was always people right there, right there helping him. But I found this interesting. Church is in the Bible 77 times. The word church. Uh, is in the Bible 77 times. Churches is in the Bible 37 times. Church and churches together is in Romans 5 times, and all of them show up in Romans 16. So it's this great manifesto, and then he, he sums it up, and he says all these names, and he mentions churches, and then right in our text, it's like, hey, here's how you do it. Here, here's how God establishes you in your faith. See, establish means to make stable, place firmly, set fast, to strengthen, Make firm, to be able to withstand. That's what established means. And and again, I just want to go through. So if you look at verse 25, just kind of diving into it. He says, to establish, to establish you according to my gospel. The first thing that Paul lists to be established is the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's the first thing that you must have to be established in the faith. I mean, without that, you have nothing. Without Jesus, there's no meaning to life. This is our foundation and message. It's Christ Jesus. I mean, it's so important that every church, if a church is starting without the foundation of Jesus Christ, what are they doing? By the way, as a Christian, if you don't have your foundation in Jesus Christ, what are you doing? It's all about Jesus Christ. Everything we do should be just everything. I mean, your work, 
your, your, your wife, your kids, every relationship you have, you should be trying to exalt Christ through it all. That's what it is. Matthew 16, 16 through 18. And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Man, I, I like that right there. Peter, man, I love Peter. But he sure did mess up. But man, this one he did good, amen? Verse 17. And Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. Verse 18. And I say also unto thee, that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Yeah. See, it's, he's, he's referring to himself. It, it, it's going to be built on me. Yeah. Jesus Christ is saying this. It's going to be built on me. I'm the one that's going to build the church. Yeah. It's Jesus Christ whom the church is built upon. Isaiah 28, verse 16 says this. Therefore, thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I lay in Zion for a foundation, a stone, a tried stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. He that believeth shall not make haste. See, again, it's Jesus Christ that has that foundation. He is our precious stone. He is our tried stone, our precious cornerstone. And without him, we have nothing. When we went to Antioch Baptist Church, Rome, Texas, the first and foremost is it's built on Jesus Christ. It has to be. He's the one that does it. We See, by the way, going back to our ministry, I was talking to a brother. With churches plant churches. That is the model. Everything reproduces after its own kind. Men do not plant churches. We have no authority. We have no right to do that. The biblical model is churches plant churches. And man, and churches plant churches based on the foundation of Jesus Christ. We cannot be established if we have not first put our trust in Jesus. 1 Corinthians 3, 11-13. For other foundation can no man lay that, than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now if any man build upon this foundation gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. See, Going to a personal relationship, your foundation is Jesus Christ. If you're trying to have a foundation on anything other than Jesus Christ, you're going to fail. People put, I mean, they either uh, in money, in house, in a car, uh, sometimes in your family. And hey, those aren't bad things, but that's not your foundation, friend. And then on the other side, drugs, alcohol, the bottom of a bottle, whatever the case is, that feeling... It's going to get you nowhere. It's going to leave you empty. And I pray if you don't know Jesus Christ today, like the brother said, today is the day of salvation. You're not promised tomorrow. No one here is promised tomorrow. I don't know if you realize that. I could drop dead right now. Like Brother Grice says, drag me off, Brother Wyatt, come finish the sermon. (laughs) Sometimes when Brother Grice says that, I'm like, bro, it's going to be hard to drag you out of here. He's a... Got sidetracked there. But it's all, I mean, honestly though, have you trusted in Jesus Christ this morning? It's a transfer of trust. It's a realization of who you are. A sinner condemned, unclean. And then realizing who he is and that he sent a substitute, Jesus Christ, for you. And so just, it's a transfer of trust. Realizing that there's nothing in and myself I can do to attain salvation. But 
praise God, he sent someone that could. A daysman, a kinsman redeemer. That did everything that I couldn't do for my salvation. Then from a church planning standpoint, if you're trying to plan a church on something other than Jesus Christ, you might succeed for a little bit, but in the end, it's going to fail. It's going to fail. I mean, I, again, I, I, I tell this to brothers too. Like, I, sometimes I think people want to be a pastor when they're not called to be a pastor. And I, I don't agree with that. You should do exactly what God calls you to do. If that's to be a lawyer, a doctor, a youth pastor, a pastor, whatever it is, succeeding is being in the will of God. And that's it. What is your foundation? It should be Jesus Christ. It's not bad for churches to have a multitude of ministries, but if it's not based on Jesus Christ, you shouldn't have it. Just to be real with you. It should be based on Jesus Christ. It's only by Jesus Christ. Uh, John 14, 6, going back to the personal part. Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. This is our message. This is our foundation. This is where we start. Alexander McLaren said this, The gospel is not speculation but fact. It is truth because it is the record of a person who is the truth. I love that. I love that when, when Pilate's talking to Jesus. He said, what is the truth? And he's speaking to truth. Love that. But do you know our message? Just right off the bat, do you know Jesus Christ? I love those testimonies of in the middle of a sermon, someone just comes down wanting. I love those testimonies. And if that's you today, let's get it dealt with. Amen. We can have someone go with you right now and tell you about Jesus Christ. Amen. The message of Jesus Christ is what a church should be established on. Second point. Look at verse 25. And the preaching of Jesus Christ. So the message is Jesus Christ. We get that. The gospel of Jesus Christ is the foundation. But then it should be established on the preaching of that message. The messenger. The second way Paul lists on how to be established is preaching of Jesus Christ. Preaching means to proclaim, to herald, to cry out, to declare. It's a verb. It's something we must be doing. We must be preaching that message of which I just talked about. We must be preaching Jesus Christ. Now, there's a twofold way I want to break this down. The twofold way of being established here the first is to hear good biblical preaching. Acts 20 27, for I have not shunned to declare unto you all the counsel of God. See, we must hear it. We need churches that preach the whole counsel of God, we need churches that preach the Old Testament, we need churches that preach the New Testament. We need churches that preach joy, creation, love, grace, mercy, sin, hell, and all the other things that the Word of God has. It, it, it's a must. I, I, I hear so many people say, oh, well, I'm a New Testament Christian. I don't even know what they, I mean, I, I know what they mean by that. But without the Old Testament, the New Testament wouldn't really mean a whole lot. They go like this. That's what, it, that's what it's meant to be. We need to be preaching all of it. And all of that that I just said, and there's so much more we could talk about, all of that can point to Jesus Christ. Amen. All those things in the Old Testament are just are, are pictures or types. or There's all sorts of stuff we could talk about there of the one coming. Right. It was a shadow of things to come, Colossians says. And then here's the one that came, and it's Jesus Christ. He's the one that was showing forth that shadow. Amen. We need to be preaching that. 1 Corinthians 2, 4 through 5. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. 
that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. So we need to be, we need to be hearing, but we need to be sure that when we preach, we're not, we're not trying to tickle ears. We're not, we're not trying to be like the world. I think we have so many churches of today that are, are, are more like the world than they ought be. Like Paul, we should not be speaking to a culture with enticing words, but speaking true from the word of God as is led by the Holy Spirit. That's what we need. If you want to be established, we need to hear good biblical preaching. And that's exactly what Central Park Baptist Church is here to do, is to, is to preach, to proclaim, to declare, to herald, to cry out the good news of Jesus Christ. Now, the second is not just to hear, but to do. As I said, it was a verb. Everybody that is saved should be a proclaimer of the gospel of Jesus Christ. See, sometimes I think we get in this, this mindset that, well, preaching is for the pastor. And preaching is for the youth pastor and the associate pastor. And that's, that's not true. Everyone that's saved should be a preacher of Jesus Christ. And, and it, it's interesting talking to people about that. See, if you've trusted in Jesus Christ, as we just heard his story, I love that testimony. Everyone that has trusted Jesus Christ has a story. And sometimes we might not go to seminary, we might not, you know, whatever, have all these verses memorized, but you have a story you can tell. And man, those stories can be powerful. So powerful. We must be preaching Jesus Christ that way. You must be preaching to your workplace, to your neighbors, to your family. We must be preaching Jesus Christ. See, God uses people to reach people. I think that's amazing. I mean, because if, you're, if you are true to self, you realize how wicked you are. How could he use us? I think, it, it, honestly, it amazes me because I know who I am. And if I would just get out of the way, if Zach Doty would just, would just get out of the way and be filled with the Spirit, man, he can use us. And that, that is so amazing to me. See, the church as a whole See, a church, here's the definition. A church is an organized body of saved and baptized believers united together for the main purpose of carrying out the Great Commission. See, it's the church. And and again, planting churches. Churches plant churches. That means the body of the church plants churches. It's it's as a whole. And I would love to talk to you about that later if you want to talk about that. Because there's a way we can do that. But their life... Your life in totality should be to exalt Christ. Everything about it. I I love this idea. Uh, uh, Silent testimony. This is kind of creepy. Maybe I should have said it before I said that. If someone just followed you all day long, that's where the creepy part comes in, and just watches you, right? They just follow you all day long. They don't talk to you. Will they know you're a Christian? To me, that's convicting. Like, will they know by your actions, by your attitude towards others, and they don't even talk to you, will they go, man, there's something different about that person. That silent testimony. How are you living today? Well, what testimony does this church have to this community? That, that's, that's a big deal, by the way. When you, when you go to a restaurant or whatever, and they're like, oh, man, that person's from Central Park Baptist Church. Hopefully it's a good testimony, amen? It's a big deal. 
but we need to be exalting Christ. We need to be preaching. We need, to, uh, we need this church to disciple and to train through fellowship, teaching, preaching, being an example, and much more for those sitting here to proclaim Christ. Charles, Charles Spurgeon said this. I, I like this. I am the messenger. I tell you the master's message. If you do not like the message, quarrel with the Bible, not with me. So long as I have scripture on my side, I will dare and defy you to do anything against me. See, we're preaching truth. We're preaching, we're preaching God that created all. And we're preaching that he sent his son to die for all. It doesn't matter what they do to you. Just preach. Just preach truth. When was the last time you proclaimed the good news? See, when we hear preaching and when we also preach ourselves, it establishes us. It brings excitement to the church. It, bring, it, it helps you in your personal walk with the Lord. When you just start preaching Christ to people you might not even know at the gas station or at McDonald's or whatever you eat, Jack in a Box, Taco Bell. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to not to eat all that stuff. But a church's primary ministry is centered around preaching Jesus. The primary ministry is right behind this pulpit and to preach Christ. And to encourage those here to go out and preach Christ. That's what it's all about. Look at verse 25. The next thing is the mystery. According to the revelation of the mystery which was kept secret since the world began, but now is made manifest. We are established by the revelation of the ministry or mystery. Now the mystery, Ephesians 3, and do a study on this later. We're not going to do a deep dive here. But verse 6 I want to bring out of Ephesians 3, 6, it says, That the Gentiles should be fellow heirs and of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ by the gospel. See, the mystery is that Gentiles be fellow heirs of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ by the gospel. See, it's, that, that it's the idea that, hey, everybody is equal at the foot of the cross. And see, that, that is part of the message. We, we don't pick and choose who we preach Christ to. Doesn't matter what color you are. Doesn't matter your ideology, your demographic. Your, it doesn't matter about anything. We're all equal at the foot of the cross. And that's exactly what this mystery is. The mystery is that everybody has access to God through Jesus Christ. Galatians 3, 28 through 29. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither bond nor free. There is neither male nor female. For ye are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you be Christ, then are ye Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise? See, what, what, what Paul's getting at here in Galatians, like, okay, once you trust in Jesus, does that mean you're not a male or female? No, that doesn't mean that. He's just getting the point across that it doesn't matter who you are. Amen. It just it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you're a Jew or a Greek. Right. It doesn't matter male or female, bond or free. Right. It doesn't matter. We're all equal at the foot of the cross. Amen. Now, notice in uh, our... Ephesians 3, listen to this, because in, in that uh, verse 25, 26 there, it says the revelation of the mystery. So we're not established specifically in the mystery. It's about the revelation of the mystery. The revelation is the telling forth, the, the showing forth, the telling. So back in Ephesians 3, 10, it says this, to the intent that now unto, unto the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be known by the church the manifold wisdom of God. So the revelation of that mystery has been given to the church to preach, to proclaim, to give out, to show forth 
in, in every way possible through our lives, through our words, through our actions, through uh, everything about us, all of that should be telling forth and showing forth that, hey, it doesn't matter. God died for you. Jesus died for you. Are you 90? Doesn't matter. Are you five? I don't care. Are you black, white, yellow, red, whatever? I don't know. Whatever colors are. It doesn't even matter. By the way, we're all one blood. There's only one race. That's the human race. Just throwing that out there. Doesn't matter. But that's what, that's what he's talking about. The revelation. And it's been given to the church. Here's another one showing forth that it's the church is to reveal this. 1 Timothy 3, 15 through 16. But if I tarry long, that thou mayest know that thou oughtest to behave thyself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of the truth. And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preaching to the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up into glory. See, the church is the instrument of God. We're living in what's called the church age right now, which started at Acts 2. The church didn't start in Acts 2. Jesus Christ started the church back in the Gospels, but Acts 2, the church age started. Okay, We're living in it right now. Basically, it means that we're, it's the, the, the church is the instrument of God to do uh, whatever he tells us to do, which is preach Christ. That's where we're at. See, it's the church that has the message we talked about. It's the church that has the messengers that we talked about. It's the church that turned the world upside down 2,000 years ago. And it's the church that can turn the world upside down today if we would just allow him to use us. And I think it's so funny that tur- turn the world upside down. It's so funny because really we're turning it, up, we're turning it upright. If you ever, I don't know if you ever thought about that. I, I, I was studying this the other day. And I'm like, you know, I've never actually thought about that. The world's upside down because of sin. We're just turning it right back up. <laughs> but, and that's all through Christ. See, to do that, our churches, which include the members, I, I, again, I just keep stressing that because it's so important that we realize that members have a responsibility within this church. A church, again, is comprised of the members. It's not this building. This is just the church house. It's the members that comprise of this church. We have a responsibility, and we need to be established and not wavering to and fro in our culture today and our culture tomorrow. See, our culture is so crazy. We're living in a postmodern society that if you want to be a butterfly today, a cricket tomorrow, and then a woman the next day, and then a man the next day, you can. We're living in the day of judges. Everybody does what's right in their own eyes. You can't tell me what my truth is. But we need to be established, not wavering. We need to be established on the foundation of Jesus Christ, as was mentioned, and not be, not be wavering with the culture, be pushed to and fro. And we must be preaching. Man, we must be preaching. Verse 26, it says this, And by the scriptures of the prophets, we're established by the manuscript. We're established by this book. The complete revelation of God that was given to man right here. And we have it. We have it. We're established by this book. 1 Timothy 3, 16 through 17. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine and for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. 
See, Paul, you know, that perfect means complete. This book is a way to know God. It's his complete revelation, as I mentioned. It's, it's our final authority in, in our faith and in practice. It's, it's our go-to book. To I mean, if you want to know how to parent, here it is. If you want to know how to run a business, here it is. If you want to know how to live, here it is. If you want to know how to, anything you want to know how to live your life, it's right here. Amen. If we would just get in it and read it. Right. Get with God. Yeah. Get alone with him. Seek his face. We are established by the word of God. See, like, I'm sure I don't go to this church, but I I know Brother White. I'm pretty sure when he gets up here and preaches, he always opens up his Bible and says, hey, would you take your Bible here? Because we preach. This is what we preach. We don't preach current events. We don't preach the financial market. We don't preach the housing market. We don't preach anything but the Word of God. Man, it's so important. I I just, you know, you hear of all these churches that are motivational speakers, basically. They don't preach the Word of God. This is what changes lives. Jesus Christ changes lives by us diving into this and preaching this and showing forth what He's done for us. Man, it's, it's so important. Romans 10, 17. So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. I pray you brought your Bible this morning. See, the church encourages everyone to bring a Bible, open it, and then read it. It's how we're established. It's not what I say. It's not what Brother White says. It's not what any, anybody in here says. It's what thus saith the Lord. That's what matters. When we sit down with somebody to show them however you, the Romans road or what, what, whatever you want, there's ton, whatever you want to show them. The point is you're showing them from the word of God. It's not what I say. It's right here. Acts 17, 11. These were more noble than those in Thessalonica in that they received the word with all readiness of mind and searched the scriptures daily whether those, those things were so. This is the Bereans. Paul's preaching to them. And I love this verse because the Bereans were like, uh, we hear you, we hear you, but we're going to go search. See, there's nothing, that's, that, again, that's going to that parroting thing I mentioned, is we can hear all day long, but you need to dive into the Word of God and be grounded and be established because it's what this says. That's, it's so important. I love the Brians. This church is not here to tickle the ears. It's here to open the Word of God and preach. A.W. Tozer said this. I like this one. Regarding God's word, let us love it and live in it and eat it and drink it and lie down on it and walk on it and stand on it and swear by it and live by it and rest in it. That is what we must do with the word of God. It's our everything. It's everything about us. We must dive into the word of God. This is how God speaks to us. Then we need to get on our knees and pray to God, talk to him and just commune with him back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Did you read your Bible this morning? Brother mentioned that. Did you read it yesterday? Did you read it the day before? We need a revival of the word of God in our lives. We always talk about we need a revival. We need a revival. A revival of what? A revival of what? And we, we can talk about all sorts of stuff here. But one of the things I want to bring up, we need a more revival of the Word of God in our lives. Amen. Our daily life, getting into it and meditating on it. And man, God will just open up so much to you. Amen. And oh, it's so good. We need, we do need a revival. We need a revival of God in our daily lives. Amen. Prayer life, Bible reading, going to church, whatever the... Whew. To be established, we must be in the Word of God every day seeking God's face. 
Look at verse 26. According to the commandment of the everlasting God made known to all nations for the obedience of faith. We're established by missions. We're having a missions conference. It pumps me up y'all are having a missions conference. I love it. I love it. This is how we're established. Part of, part of a church's job is to send laborers. He just, I mean, he, I love that testimony over there, by the way. I keep saying it, but I did. We are to send forth laborers. That's what we're here to do. And, and we, you know, we hear that missions is the heartbeat of God. I would just like to ask you this morning, how, how strong is that heartbeat? Is it faint? I hope not. Right now, during this missions conference, we're, you know, we're doing the faith promise missions later. We need to get a hold of God and see what he wants us to do. But Matthew 28, 18 through 20, And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you alway, even unto the end of the world. Amen. See, this church, this was given to the church. It wasn't given to men. It, wasn't, it was given to the church. If it was given to men, it died a long time ago. It died with them. But it wasn't. It was given to an organization, the church. And we're to evangelize, we're to baptize, and we're to disciple. And we need to be sure we're doing all three of those things. I know of churches that are really good at evangelizing and baptizing, but they're not doing good at discipling. I know of others that are, you know, really good at discipling because they're not evangelizing or baptizing. We need to be good on all three of them. It's what we're to do. We're to evangelize, baptize, and disciple. Again, like, it's, 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 man, that that video, too, to the Indians. Amen. That's amazing to me. But then Acts 1.8 says, But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. So Central Park Baptist Church here is to reach our Jerusalem. That's going to be like our Carrollton area, our Judea, you know, however you want to say that, our DFW, Texas area, Samaria, United States, and then the uttermost as we are commissioned to. And our ministry, as I've been traveling around and talking to different pastors, it's really interesting there, there's a lot of churches that are really good at reaching the Jerusalem because it's literally like outside their door. And then the uttermost because they're sending missionaries to Mexico. and sending, But we're kind of missing our Judea and Samaria. So there's four areas to reach, and we're doing two of them really well. Again, some churches, some are doing well in all four. Maybe sometimes just three. But just to, just to break this down even further, because it gets really, it's, to me, it's, it's, it's a huge thing. This church is to evangelize, baptize, and disciple. Remember Matthew 28 we just read? And then add Acts 1-8 to that. In its Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost. That's a, that's a daunting task. It's an extremely daunting task. So Central Park Baptist Church here in Carrollton, Texas, is to evangelize in Carrollton. And then it's Judea, let's just say Texas. It's Samaria, the United States. And then the uttermost, 273 other nations. That's, that's, a, that's a daunting task. That's just, evan- that's just evangelism. That's just telling people about Christ. And then we're to baptize them. Okay? And then we're to disciple them. You throw all this together, it's, it's, it's overwhelming to me. But I'm so thankful, so thankful that God has, has put forth a 
an example before us in the Word of God that churches did it back then. That's where faith promise comes. Now, they didn't call it faith promise missions. I, I do like faith promise missions. I know some churches do it, don't do it, whatever. I, I think it's biblical in the sense that we should be giving uh, to missions over and above our tithing. I, I, I think that's biblical. In 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and 9, and there's some verses in, in chapter 10, we see churches that gave financially to see other char- churches started or helped. We know that they gave back to Paul to take it to Jerusalem. That's a church that already existed, but they needed financial help. They, they sent money to financially help a church. That, that's a re, we could call that revitalizing or used to revitalize. But then they're giving to Paul for him to run around almost getting killed every day. You know? By the way, we need to have that mindset that we'll do whatever we will, whatever it takes for Jesus Christ. We have brethren across nations away that are getting killed for their faith. Would you die for Jesus Christ? We need to think that way. Because I, I, I think often we, we don't, especially here in America. Because we have everything so, I mean, we're, we're a microwave society. We have whatever we want as fast as you want. I mean, we have Amazon that brings it in like hours by like little miniature helicopters. Not where I live, but I, I hear about it. But, I mean, honestly, would you die for the cause of Jesus Christ? You need to think about that. But uh, 2 Corinthians 8 and 9, they're giving to Paul for him to go and plant churches. See, for this church to be able to evangelize, baptize, and disciple in its Judea, in its Samaria, and the uttermost, it sends delegates on its behalf to do just that. That's exactly what you're doing with Brother Cato. You're supporting him, and he is planting churches in New Mexico. You're Samaria on your behalf. That, that fruit goes to you guys. See, when you help church, support a church planter in Texas, or help support a church planter in California or New Mexico, or support a church planter in Mexico, you are meeting the churches Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost. And Faith Promise Missions is just that. It's a giving to that to be able to do the Matthew 28 with the Acts 1. That's what it is. Is You are actually fulfilling the Great Commission, this church is, to reach the entire world with the message of Jesus Christ. So what are you doing as a member of this church to help it meet the commission that Christ gave? By the way, another thing that I want to add that amazed me by that video is y'all are going out to New Mexico and helping. Amen. That's a blessing to me. That's y'all getting involved in your Samaria. I think that, I, I, I thank you. Oh, it's, it's an amazing thing. But what are you doing? Now, just a few more things, just kind of bringing this all together. Uh, verse 24 says this. Go at the very beginning. It says, now to him that is of power to establish you. See, this is the who that established you. It's of God. He is the one that established you. This is God's plan to establish churches, to establish the members of those churches. See, He is the one. He's the one that uses the message of Jesus Christ. He is the one that uses the messenger proclaiming Jesus Christ. He's the one that uses the revelation of the mystery about all of us being equal at the cross. He's the one that provided the manuscript of which we are then established by, 
to know him more. And then missions, going all to tell Jesus Christ. God uses that to establish churches and members of churches. But why? Look at verse 27 and we'll be, we'll be done. To God only wise be glory through Jesus Christ forever. Amen. See, all of this. Again, in totality, I said, well, go, your life should be to glorify God. All of this. He uses all of this to glorify Jesus Christ forever. It's all about him. It's all for him. Nor- Norse has that. I love that. It's all because it's true. It's all for him. It's all about him. Would you say that's true in your life? Would you say that's true of this church? Charles Spurgeon, I'll finish with this quote. I love this quote. He said, every Christian is either a missionary or an imposter. I like that. Every Christian is either a missionary or an imposter. Which are you? Which are you? If you would stand, heads bowed, eyes closed. Just in closing, I just want to encourage you, church. We should be busy about the work of Jesus Christ. Pray, get a, get, get a hold of Him on this faith promise mission. What, pray earnestly and diligently. What would I give where this church can meet the Great Commission? Again, it's to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost. Are we doing that? More than welcome to come down, pray at the altar, pray in your seats. But get a hold of God. See where you stand. We need to have times of self-examination in our personal lives, but also as a church. Father, we ask you, God, to bless this invitation, Lord. And God, we need you today. Lord, we just only we only want to do what you'd have us to do, Lord. And God, I pray if there's somebody here that's not saved, that, Father, they'll get saved. May they come to know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. Lord, if there's a Christian here, God, who perhaps is uh, not the Christian that they need to be, perhaps they're an imposter, Lord, I pray, God, they'll come today. Uh, Lord, and I pray, God, that you'd please speak to hearts about faith promise. Pray, God, that we'll bathe it in prayer for just a little while longer, and then, God, that you'd speak to us about what you'd have us to do. But, Lord, give this invitation, and God will be mindful to give you the praise for it, because it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. We're going to sing a verse of Have Thine Own Way.